Hello, welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Asman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Nedarim, daf Yud, page 10. Well, we're going to have a really strange Mishnah today. This continues a machloka between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Um, and as you said to me, where do we get a talking cow from? So let's see where we get a talking cow from. Amar. So a person says, Amr Parazo, this cat said, Hareni Naziraim Omedet Ani. I am a Nazir if I stand up. Omer Hadel Hazed. Or the person says, This door says, I am a Nazir if I open. Beit Shammai Omrim Nazir. Beit Shammai says he's a Nazir. Ubeit Hill Omrim no Nazir. Beit Hill says he's not a Nazir. So the opinions are consistent on the previous Mishnah. But what's odd is this whole notion of like a talking cow and a talking door. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Afisha Amru Bechamai, even when Bechamai said this, Lo Amru Omer, they said this only for someone who says, Hare Parazo Alai Korban Im Omedati. This cow is for me like a sacrifice if it, if like a korban, if it stands up. In other words, um, it's not that uh, what he's saying is, and this is what he said in the previous staff, Rabbi Yehuda. It's not that Beit says that the person becomes a Nazir with this type of declaration, right, with this type of statement, but only that this cow or the door is now prohibited to him because he did make some type of neder, and that his intention was saying that he was making a neder. So he's using the word Nazir to make a neder. And again, this machloket was also addressed in yesterday's staff as well on Tet. Um, but it's not so much that it, when it says Harehu Nazir, Beit Shammai is saying it's a literal Nazir. It's more he's saying, no, this is a person who made a Nazir. Very, very strange Mishnah. And the Gemara knows it's strange because the Gemara starts with the following. Does a cow talk? In other words, what what is this whole thing about this talking cow? They could have said the same thing about the door as well. Amarabi Barhama, Sarami Barhama says, what are we dealing with here in the Mishnah? This is a case with a cow lying down in front of him, and the person says to himself, This cow thinks it can't get up. I am going to be a Nazir from, her, from its meat. If she does get up on her own, right? If the cow can get up on its own, then I'm going to be, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, then I'll be a Nazir. So it's almost in a way, this person sees the cow and they sort of be like, hey, you know what it looks like the cow is thinking? You know, the way I look at it is almost like a meme, right? Like the way that like we like we put memes around of animals and we based on their facial expressions, we say they're thinking something. So there's something about how this cow looks in the middle of the road that it's saying to this person, it looks like they can't get up on their own. Um, to continue what Rami Barhama says, right? Uh, Right, and so Beit Shammai follows their opinion, as we saw in the previous Mishnah. Ubeit Hillel shitatan, and Beit Hillel follows, you know, their shita. Beit Shammai da amri min ha grogera, min ha zvela. Right, Beit Shammai saying that if you know someone says I'm a nazir from dried figs or pressed figs, have a nazir, is a nazir. Hachanami ki amarmi b'sara. Right here too, if somebody says I'm a nazir from this cow's meat, have a nazir. That person is a nazir. Ubeit Hillel amri lo have a nazir, and Beit Hillel would say. This person is not a Nazir. Now, I don't know if I like this explanation of Rami Barhama, but I think it's very clear that the Gemara is very puzzled by this particular Mishnah uh, and can't quite actually figure out what the case is. And then we'll see, and you're going to read the next part. You know, Rav is going to come along with his explanation 
because there's something about this Mishnah that inherently just is so bizarre and out there, it doesn't make sense to the Gemara at all. Well, I would note that um, Beit Hill and Beit Shammai seem to be consistent in the inclination to accept the vow or not accept the vow. That I agree, right. The, the, the opinion is consistent, but the case, bizarre. Bizarro, right. Okay, so I'm at the bottom of Amun Aleph, and we've got Rava. Um, it should not surprise us that Rava is going to weigh in, right? I'm a Rava, mi katani im amdame Allah. Right, so Rava's got, like, he... Before Rava comments here, he shows up at the daf to comment on Rabbi Barhama. But now he's got another question, really, about the Mishnah. Right? Is the Mishnah really teaching that if it stood up of its own accord, right? Meaning, if it stands, but what does it mean that it stands? Is it stands up on its of its on its own accord? Did somebody support it? I still want to know why the cow is talking. But fine. So Rebbe says, no, we're talking about a case, the Mishnah is talking about a case where there was a cow that was revutsa, it was lying down in front of him. And what he says is, and, and therefore the person says, this I'm taking upon myself as a korban, meaning he's going to bring this cow as an offering. Um, and the implication then is, of course, as a nazir. And therefore, because of this cow that has kind of you know, presented itself before him uh, already to be a korban, he's going to therefore become a nazir. Bishlama para bat korbanhi, ala delet bat korbanhi. So the Gemara comments on this, right? Like the, the question on Rav is like, your point is well taken that he could be talking about the cow as a future sacrifice, and that's why he's taking a nazir here. But what does a door have to do with anything? Meaning you can't, you can't say that the door is going to be a korban. So Reva, kind of, it feels like Reva is going to correct himself, right? He's revising what he's saying. Not that it's about a korban, but there's a cow that's lying down before him. And there, it seems that it's not getting up. And so he says, I'm, gonna, I'm here by a nazir. And therefore, I will not have wine if it doesn't stand up, right? Meaning... The implication then being that, you know, is it going to stand of its own accord or not? The amdamiala, then it stands up by its own, of its own accord. So, so I feel like Rava versus Rava, Rava's kind of also puzzling. I, I don't know that he was puzzling it out or it just challenged. He pro, he provides a different interpretation. So then Bechama says that the person's intent, torpe, is based upon the fact that, um, you know, the question of was it going to stand up because he pushed the cow, forced the cow physically to stand up, or did he not have it? Did he not have to do that? Vahadalo didn't have to have it stand. And since he did not have it stand, therefore this vow that he made when the cow was lying down in front of him goes into effect. Meaning that... You know, the the if-then statement, this condition that if it won't get up, then I will ref refrain from wine, presumably he means like he'll he'll get the cow up and then he won't have to refrain from wine. But then the cow does stand up. I think I've just said this backwards, but right. But then the cow does stand up and now he's now he's stuck because that was the condition of his vow. So Ben Hill says, no, the intent was based on the fact that the cow was lying down. 
and now it's standing up. So then once the cow stands up, then Bethel is not bothered by what made the cow stand up, whether it was the guy or it was stood of its own accord. The point is that once it's standing, then the vow of Nizirut does not kick in for Bethel, who's much more, you know, much more reluctant or much less likely to insist that the vow, you know, puts a person into a state of Nizirut. So then the Gemara is going to, you know, ask one more question um, as follows. So let's say that all of this is the case, right, about the cow standing up. And then the end of the, the Mishnah, we have to understand as follows. So the the Gemara here says that then Rabbi Yehuda's comment that when it said when Rabbi Yehuda says in the Mishnah the Beit Shammai is saying that the vow kicks in, but really clearly only according to um, the person who said that this that these things are forbidden to him. You know, is he also taking a vow to extend that prohibition to the to the cow, right? Meaning the Nizi root um, was stated explicitly. The cow is not relevant for Nizi root, right? Like there's no there's no don't come in contact with meat or something like that, right? That's not part of a Nizi root. So then, what's the condition here what, that Rabbi Yehuda would talk about the cow as being part of the condition? The Gemara is asking on the Mishnah. So the Gemara is going to provide yet another explanation with that. I think we'll close. Rather, so the Mishnah should say, or is saying, that we have a case of a person who says, I am a Nazir, and therefore I will not eat meat if it stands. Right? If it does, I'm sorry, I will, I will hold off from eating meat if it does not stand. And then it stood up. So then we have Beit Shammai's opinion again, that the person's intent was based on him standing by the person helping it, the animal up, and but then he didn't have to do that. So then because he didn't cause it to stand, again, his vow of refraining from meat would kick in. Um, it would take effect. And again, Beit Hill says, well, he was talking about it when the animal was lying down, and now it is stood. So the vow is null and void, meaning it doesn't matter what got the animal to stand. And perhaps this, you know, this interpretation of this whole backdrop will, you know, will be upheld better than each of these times that there's been a suggestion of what was the case really, and it keeps getting knocked down. I mean, again, I think this is a very strange explanation. Um, and I, I think the Gemara is just super puzzled by this case. I mean, now that Rava, and, you know, adds this whole thing that it's like you're trying to pick the cow up. I think they bring so many sort of uh, disagreements with that position because it doesn't really make sense from what the Mishnah actually says. I think that it's presented, I mean, I, I don't know, I'm speculating here, but I, I think that the case is presented in such a way to, again, to test those limits. I don't mean that it's an envelope-pushing case. I just mean, like, let's think about how do people talk, right? And here we've got somebody who's making a vow based on the reality before him, which in this case happens to be a cow, and that's the one the Gemara focuses on, but there's also the door. There's also, you know, make up your scenario where people talk 
and they say if this then that, which they we already know from Masachet Nedarim that they should not be doing that, right? It's a bad plan to be taking Nedarim in that way. All the more so if your Nedar is like a Nazir, and you maybe think that nothing's going to come of it because you already have a plan how you're going to make sure that nothing comes of it, and then lo and behold, the circumstances leave you stuck. And I feel like, but people do that, so that's kind of, you know, the Nazirut factor, you know, is maybe less likely, but the way people will just talk about whatever is before them, in that way, this felt realistic as opposed to the cow talking, which obviously feels unrealistic. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydra website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.